0: You are listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. World Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Sharon Klein Hour The Power of Water and Global Warming. I hope you all. Listen with us today and learn more about what is happening on the planet Earth. The power of water is your life. Your health, living with global warming, is your life and health eternity. Water is a commodity everyone takes for granted, I know. I've been spending my several decades researching this. The United States has 52,837 water systems. Agriculture in the United States uses 70% freshwater world water. The planet Earth must have water to exist. What about the sanitation? What about the 1.1 billion people who lack adequate water worldwide and their health? Today we have an exciting guest returning to us again, and I'm so excited he accepted to do this again as busy as he is, Dr. Dennis Buckley who is a graduate doctor uh chiropractic law in the Los Angeles College of Chiropractic. He's magna cum laude, past president of the California Chiropractic Association. He will be with us, and we will try to learn more today about his uh, practice in chiropractic and learn more about some questions that you may have in your mind. I hope you will listen and call in. Um, we're going to have Art Bernstein again today talking about hiking, and uh, getting out into the wilderness and how to protect yourself and safety. Uh, We're going to hear from our sponsor right now, and we'll be right back with Dr. Buckley.
0: Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you.
2: To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America 866-613-1612 or if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068.
1: You're listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, the power of water, global warming, and your health. Your health is vital to the ecosystem as an individual. Today we have Dr. Dennis Buckley with us, a chiropractor who lives in California. He's been the past president of the Chiropractic Association in California, Uh, very much involved and special speaker on health and wellness. Uh, Dr. Buckley, are you with us?
3: I am here, Sharon.
1: Well, thank you for joining us again.
3: My pleasure. My pleasure. So
1: how are you doing today?
3: I'm doing absolutely fantastic today had a great weekend of renewal of health and well-being and rest and family. And, hey, it's Monday, and it's always a great opportunity to start off the week in a positive way, and being on your show makes it even better.
1: Well, thank you for saying that. That makes me feel good. I need to share with you and our audience um, uh, the weekend I just had. uh, This was our 11th year, Dr. Buckley, to sponsor uh, Biologic Aqua Research Center sponsors Save a Child's Life Foundation, to recognize melanoma for children and we've been doing this for 11 years here at our location on the famous rogue river um, we have a salmon feed and all fresh garden vegetable steam no salads no uh, casseroles no jellos all fresh themed river guide menu um, the wineries participate by and the woodmere brothers out of portland with Mitford, oregon huff and Bison, and uh, the fresh water that we serve to drink and and all the and the auction, and we just had that, Dr. Buckley, last weekend for the eleventh year, and it was a huge success. Um, so I'm going wonderful. to be I'm going to be putting together a nationwide medical team on thinking about melanoma for children. As you know, uh, children melanoma is out of control, and there's never been enough um, education, and I don't know about the state of California, but there's not enough dermatologists. So this year we've donated for several years uh, to the Shriners Hospital, which we will continue to send funding to, which has been over $100,000. Then we sent to the Dornbecker's at Oregon Health Sciences, Dornbecker Children's Hospital, which for several years now, several thousands of dollars have gone into dermatology research for children at Dornbecker's with Oregon Health Sciences. Then the local YMCA is going to get YMCAs across America thinking recognizing melanoma. And then we added a scholarship this year, Doctor Buckley to encourage uh with Oregon Health Science at Dermatology to encourage uh a medical students to think about dermatology and so we started that this year and I would like to on the air today invite you if you would look at your schedule and think about maybe being with us on the board nationwide uh, on thinking that uh, melanoma and uh, melanoma the eye and uh, the chiropractors Association maybe think about joining us with a representative because I think that worldwide it 's been overlooked and it 's going to be a leader in, in life and death, but it 's the one cancer it 's the one problem that can be solved if you catch it in time, and we need better education right from birth, right oh. from the moment the baby's born.
3: Matt, thank you so much for that offer. I appreciate that very much. And you're right. uh, You know, it is out of control. And with the depletion of the ozone and the protective layer of the Earth's atmosphere and with uh, health status in general of people where their immune system is uh, being uh, compromised, you know, things like that uh, can have a a great impact to bring the awareness and help people uh, actually prevent it.
1: Uh, Let's explain with your knowledge, with what you and I both have knowledge of, how important is the skin organ to even elasticity, to the health of your bones, to the health of your uh, whole immunity system? And you brought that up. Um, explain to our audience the, uh, some of that that you've learned.
3: Well, first of all, the skin is the largest organ of the body. People don't think of the skin as an organ, but it is an organ, and it is your first line defense against infection, against. Invaders, any type of uh, uh, particle that may attack the body. The skin basically is a way of uh, uh, of eliminating waste products. It's also a way of uh, temperature regulation. Let's Uh, back
1: up for a second, Doctor. Let's do something that might be fascinating to your audience. You just said something that a lot of people don't know it eliminates the waste, the toxin. Right. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that you don't flush the toilet as much as your skin filters right and we need them to understand that the amount of water they're drinking not the coffee water not the juice and the water not the tea in the water not the lemonade and the water it's water all by itself uh, would you help us uh, explain that uh, detoxification because if you're with your background the elasticity and the lubrication of the symptoms they come to you with you're probably noticing a lot of tightness and probably the fact that people mm-hmm. are not lubricating they're not the elasticity of the skin could you explain something there to our listeners about that
3: sure well you know basically on a healthy body it's about 60% water uh, more in some areas than other and many times the skin can be a window to what's going on inside the body if you've got uh, Uh, weak skin uh, that's not very elastic and it's wrinkled. It also could reflect in what's going on in the joints. Uh, All the connective tissue of your body is made from a a common uh, base tissue called collagen, and that collagen is turned into muscle. It's turned into ligaments, tendon, bone, uh, cartilage, and uh, it's mostly made of water. And so it would... And
1: all that has to be lubricated, has to be uh, surviving... uh, uh, Let's almost say, let's say 100% with that moisture level that your body must have.
3: Right, exactly. Because what happens is the water is the median, medium medium for the body for chemical reactions to take place, where the enzymes are doing their job, where uh, cells are making uh, new proteins, uh, where energy is created, uh, where things are detoxified, where things are eliminated. So having a proper hydration level of your body affects everything within the body. In it fact, it could actually affect how you think. They know that even a slight dehydration could diminish uh, mental capacity by 15%, 20%. So,
1: and then could, uh, could that also be uh, the trigger that uh, I'd like for our research center to eventually take some time at too is when you have anxiety, doctor, and you become angry quickly, and maybe it's uh, becomes, you know, you're almost wondering, why am I so angry over that? Why did I not control my anger? It Could it possibly be the oxygen level that you're trying to feed to your system, your organism, is depleted because you don't have enough moisture?
3: That could possibly be. It's, a
1: possible, to re- it's a possible research Matt, right, subject, yes. isn't it?
3: Yes. A well, lot of times, you know, when I deal with, My patients, Um, many times they come in with all sorts of problems. And and the nice part part about it is that when they come in with the problem, they also came with the solution if they're being really honest with themselves. Because we go down to some of the core things that people must do to be healthy, and that includes proper nutrition, proper exercise, proper rest, proper hydration. And when we start questioning them about these things, we find deficiencies. And so one of the things is that they're usually deficient in all all of them because of their lifestyle. And one of the things that we give them is say, we're going to give you something very simple to do. One thing I want you to focus on this week, and the first thing I always give them is I want you to drink enough water this week. I, I don't want you to worry about exercise. I don't want you to worry about uh, posture. I don't no, worry about that. All I want you to do is focus in on the water. Drink plenty of water. In fact, we give them a little uh, formula based on their activity and weight, how much they should drink. And usually what they're drinking is about uh, 25 to 50 percent of what they should be. And it's amazing if they do that after one week, it basically triggers a whole bunch of other activities that uh, or they do for themselves that are positive? Maybe it's because they're maybe they're now they're thinking clearer. Now they make better decisions. Now they make better choices. Uh, and uh, whether to sit on the couch or go for a walk, whether to have the candy bar or the apple, you know those exactly. types of things. So the, the, now, they, have
1: you noticed? Have you had your patients come back like I have too? I have you had your patients come and say, "I, I can't believe it was because I wasn't drinking enough water." Oh yeah, uh, people are shocked. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I got into the research so many decades ago now, is all of a sudden my knees were shaking. My gosh, why aren't we learning more about water? Water is the most important part of your life before the next step. It's the first step.
2: That's right. The
1: moisture level, the water, the oxygen, uh, the immunity protection, everything, the, the moisture in the air, the water you're drinking, and, and learning that when the shower only rinses you, a tub will dehydrate it will uh, absorb in you and lubricate you and replace moisture loss but also detoxify it's the cleaner Uh, your cleanser is the bath the shower is the rinser right Uh, have you noticed that people have not lost their common sense about thinking about this because they need better education more reminders
3: Well, they do need more reminders. Remember also that common sense is none too common. I just wrote an article for my newsletter. It was kind of interesting. It's called The Best Known Secret. If you look at the term The Best Known Secret, it's actually contradictory. If it was so well known, why would it be a secret? Well, it's because it's good information that people don't actually apply and I'm amazed, and I think a lot of my colleagues in the health professions would probably agree with me that much of the information or much of the advice we give to our patients is either ignored or not put in place.
1: That's Except- what I had with a doctor. I need to interrupt you, excuse me, but I had one of my guests last Monday was Dr. Robert Lenicky, who's a dry eye specialist ophthalmologist, the only one in the United States. He was saying, too, I said, doctor, do the patients listen to the directions do they listen and follow through he said he is working with getting he has a paper that they take with them that he goes over with them before they leave to make sure that they follow the directions and don't start doing it so naturally they forget to what they're told to do and it sounds like uh, all of the medical field in the country Have got to figure out a system to get their patients to go home and follow the directions. And by the way, doctor, you know, if you offer, if you provide a medication, they've got to drink a lot of water or the medication won't work.
4: That's correct. That is
3: correct. It's just an interesting fact that, but then it's always, it's always nice to see the person that does come back and say, Hey, you know, I did what you said, and guess what? I'm all better. It works. And we go, yeah, that's it's, why we gave it to you. Yeah, it's maybe. called following the direction. <laughs> yeah. You know, and a lot of people I see a lot of times out, they They have to quit coming into practice for whatever reason. And I see them later, and it's so happy to hear them. They, they tell me about, well, I started going, I did what you said. I started going to the gym on a regular basis. I started, you no, know, I got rid of the sodas, you know, and I basically started reading yeah. some good books and hiking. And, you know, and it just changed my life. So it is It is good when someone does take the information, but it, uh, but it is also very frustrating that most, I think, probably, a vast amount of information is either forgotten, ignored, or not put in place because it does require people to make a change sometime, and change is difficult for people. However, if you look at look at your uh, your your health today, it usually is the byproduct of your habits of the past. Good habits, good 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 outcomes. Um, and the thing is about good habits, especially when they're trying to replace a bad habit. Good habits are hard to put in place, but they're easy to live with. Bad
1: habits. How would you How would you recommend that? Because that's so true. Um, I've said this many times, Doctor Buckley. When you get up in the morning, and I say this to the audience, you too. When you get up in the morning, do you have a habit that you do first thing? What do you do? The very first thing.
3: I try. to um, Me. <laughs> I'll, I'll show mine. I, I learned this a while ago. The minute my my feet hit the ground. One foot, next foot, it's followed by thank you. Thank you for this day.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the key right there. Life, embrace it at that moment. Even, and even if you don't have a home to go to and, and you're, and you're laying under the tree and you're enjoying your, your life is there and you get up in the morning and everybody plants their t- two feet on the ground and begins that special moment to embrace.
3: Every day is an opportunity. It's a gift. Exactly. You know why that's why they call it the present.
1: Yeah. But what would you recommend to our audience if, like let's say, we do have those habits and they are with us. And a lot of times they're environmental from our childhood of those habits. And I would almost say that maybe your family taught you some of that, uh, possibly or someone did, or maybe you did it on yourself, but with yourself. But how do you get a person that is so... Let's say you get up in the morning and you're on that pace and your pressure's on you and you're you're pushing on you and and you're putting so much pressure on yourself. How does a person easily begin a new habit?
3: Usually, a new habit begins because of a pain. The habit is not producing the results that they want, or they don't realize they're not they, they're, they don't realize the habit's producing it. They're just not getting the results in their life that's going on. Usually, there's a point where someone has to take. Uh, they step back and say, I'm frustrated, why isn't it working? And uh, usually it shows up as an illness, it shows up as some type of uh, physical problem. Usually that's the motivation that starts things with people, and they come to, they go to the doctor, they go get help, they try to do something. And... Um, and, and you know,
1: I'm going to back you up for a second. They go. To, you just said it. They go to the doctor because they've waited out so long, right? You know, the anxiety and the stress and the pain, or whatever it may be, and then they manage. go to the doctor saying, "Please tell me what's wrong with me."
3: Right, and they, so, it yeah, they And that's if, not
1: fair. That is not fair. They should go to the doctor with a list of what they need to learn, so they can take a responsibility with the doctor's knowledge and their professional education and practice and experience of what to do. Well now, listeners, did you just follow me?
3: It's interesting, though, that a lot of people, when they come to the doctor, and they tell them they come with a, they come to me, they have a, a problem, like let's say it's neck pain. So we do a very thorough history, asking about much, many things. And then I, what I've been doing lately is we've we've have this uh, program. It's a, called a symptom survey. It's got about 162 different symptoms, and it's based on uh, categories. And I I ask them to take this home as homework, and I go
1: 162. Yeah, and it, it is, but it's. it's, but it's so you tell them to bring it back in a couple of weeks.
3: <laughs> yeah, tell them to bring it back and go through it and take the time to. I go if any of these symptoms apply to you, I want you to rate uh-huh. them one, two, or three. Now uh-huh. I'm just amazed what people bring back about all the stuff they say that's going on in their life. I'm I'm saying do you? The question I have to ask them is, do you think this is normal? And they go, well, I've had it so long, it is normal. But then we we have well they took it on. for
1: granted because then no one had reminded them to think about it.
3: Right, because they just been, you know you know di- you know every every morning they get well out and, and it, it also
1: it. became a habit to live with it.
3: Right, exactly. Right. So what happens is when I was amazed when we started looking at these things and we started addressing these things and put it into the, really the change comes when you put it into a context of the of the whole person about how it's uh, affecting their life. Usually, most people, you know, if, if a pain or some type of illness or injury causes some type of symptom but there's a behavior that goes along with that injury or illness many times the illness goes away but the behavior remains for whatever reason it could actually provide for that person some type of attention it's an excuse why they don't do things but then of course a bad habit breeds other bad habits or a bad compensation so it's amazing when we get into with these people and we talk to them and start showing you know put it in front of them and re- let them look at it. They see it in a whole new light, and then we might have a chance of actually imparting some change. Because then we ask them the questions: Do you want? It, do, is this? Is this what you want for the rest of your life? Because this is a preview of coming attractions, and it's only going to get worse.
1: Yeah, it's it's getting the new habit and getting them wanting. Isn't it sad that we wait to the pain to gain? Uh, only because of the expression. What I meant was, is that we let it go for so long, and then all of a sudden we have to work harder. At the new habit, and uh, my first statement with the listeners to think about is um, don't blame the doctor. If you go to your f- physician doctor or specialist, f- For some reason, for whatever reason, if you've waited too long, you go there open-minded with your list and want to learn what you can do to take some of the responsibility to assist your medical field. Uh, We have to go to our sponsor for a moment, Mm. and uh, with Nature's Here's Eye Mist, which is the moisture, natural method of moisturizing the eyes, and we will be right back.
2: To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or if outside the USA and Canada, dial
1: 001-858-268-3068. Welcome back to the Sharon Klein Hour, The Power of Water and Global Warming and uh your concern our concerns your concerns of your health uh the air is dry everything is dry and we're here to provide you health education and reminders and hopefully some new habits during your day to remind you to take good care of yourself you are the ecosystem you all of us and uh we uh, have a lot of 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 uh influence on this earth uh with each other and with the earth itself Today we have Dr. Dennis Buckley, who's a chiropractor in California, has been president of the Chiropractor Association, and we've had a lot of fun learning a lot from him today. Dr. Buckley, I'm going to ask you something else on another subject about posture. Could you tell us a little bit about how important it is from the moment we're born and our families and ourselves to think about posture?
3: Well, posture is how you conduct yourself in your life. How you stand, how you sit, how you sleep, how you walk. And proper, the body has the proper, uh, has a design that makes it work with the greatest of ease or with the least resistance. And what happens is because of, uh, Many bad habits, like we were talking before, your posture can change, and when your posture change basically it causes your body to work harder than it has to, and as it has to work harder, it wears out faster. And now let's more
1: explain. Sometimes we take things for granted on words. Um, we there's something out there very fascinating on the internet. It's called keywords with right. search engines. Our life has keywords. Would you describe? Posture, though, how we stand, how we sit, how we bend, how we move, how we walk. Could you explain d- the description of, of what they could describe to themselves to understand posture? You just went through some of the things, but really let them know what you're thinking about the posture. In other words, how the, bo- how the bones relate to the way you're walking and, and sitting, and, and what I'm going to warn you a doctor and the audience i'm coming towards sitting at a desk at a computer before we're done <laughs> okay <laughs>
3: uh, well one of the things is there's a relationship between form and function you know if you're
1: sitting form and function
3: if you're sitting most of the day okay your body was not designed to do that sitting was requ- was designed in the human body to be a way of getting temporary rest you are designed to be upright, walking, running, jumping, doing a variety of things,
1: and moderately.
3: Moderately, <laughs> you know. Our, our ancestors, many, many, many years ago, you know, they were always looking for food. So the lot, the one thing they never did was sit. Sit was a chance for them to take a little bit of a break. But they were running, they were jumping, they were climbing. Uh, and what
1: happens to the body when you sit? Uh, uh, does the uh, do does the, the circulation slow down and and all, everything begins to slow way down.
3: Well, yeah. Your metabolism slows down. You're Oxygen. Putting, you're putting pressure on, like, for example, on your lower back, on your discs, the supporting structures down there, the pressure goes up threefold when you sit than when you stand. There's more pressure mm-hmm. on your low back when you sit than when mm-hmm. you stand. Also, when you sit a lot, muscles, muscles and uh, ligaments and tendons, front to back, become shortened, so you get an imbalance. It also affects circulation, like you said, because it puts more pressure. Also, muscles become weak because of the lack of activity. Uh, and you,
1: lack of oxygen, yeah. Yeah,
3: sitting, sitting also uh, creates... Uh, Uh, a tightness in the chest if you're at a computer or at the desk or driving because what happens is your shoulders are coming forward. So your posture follows or your form follows your function. What are you doing on a daily basis? If all you're doing you is sitting... you said
1: something. I'm, I'm going to interrupt for a second so I can understand on the listener. You said something about your shoulders are coming forward. What's What did you mean?
3: Well, look at it. Think about it. If you're on a computer, your arms are out in front of you, your shoulders have to come mm-hmm. forward. If you're holding okay. on to your steering wheel, your, arm, your shoulders have to come forward. If you're at a meeting and you're writing, your, your shoulders have to come forward. Usually, if you're watching TV, your shoulders have come forward. When you sit, it changes how your, the structure of your spine and and everything comes forward so what happens is and
1: sitting chest, on the phone or whatever yeah. your shoulders are leaning forward
3: your chest your the muscles in the front of your chest become short and tight so that takes
1: most. off okay that takes the posture then changes which part when your shoulders are leaning forward what part of the body is having to have the most amount of strength to do that
3: most amount of strain or strength 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 well that what happens is the when your your muscles in the front of your body your chest become short and tight and what that does, okay. that inhibits the muscles of the back because the okay. shoulders are coming forward. It elongates the back muscles. And what
1: about weak. in the abdomen area, around the waist? Because you notice a lot of people have swelling or start gaining, even when they're not eating a lot. Uh, it, it, would, would that be a lot because they're sitting so much, but that shoulder is leaning forward and putting a lot of pressure on the abdomen and around the waist?
3: That could influence it, but I think mostly that what happens is it gathers there is because of lack of activity, decreased lack metabolism, activity. your body slows down and stores everything. Okay. That's okay.
1: Uh-huh. Spoiler. And uh, Okay. Well, the reason I brought up posture is I've noticed that a lot of a lot of children when they're young, the mothers and the fathers are not bringing up the posture like they used to do in the old days. Right. Um, children and then they're going to the computer very young. Um, what are some of the tips you might have for people who are sitting on a computer? Let's say let's start out with age. Let's say a family has a child who wants to go on the computer. What are some of the recommendations for their their body and their strength?
3: Well, you just limit their amount of time they're on the computer and make it only necessary time. And then what you have to do is you have to counteract that sitting with activity. You need to go for a walk. You need to go play. You need to go run. You need to go jump. You need to go swim. Mm-hmm. So, so basically out. Counter, mm-hmm. counter, counteracting mm-hmm. the sitting with movement. We are designed to be... Uh, creatures of movement. We need the movement because it lubricates our joints. We need the movement because it releases stress. It burns off energy. We need the movement because it stimulates our body. We need to change our environment to stimulate our brains through our eyes. So if you have a child that's sitting a lot at a computer, you need to basically limit their time on the computer and get them outside. Mm-hmm. Now, I always found this very interesting. When I was a little kid growing up in the 60s, when we got in trouble, we got sent to our room. We could go outside and play, that was torture. Now, kids are punished by being sent outside because their room has a TV, a VCR, the Internet. Oh,
1: that's true.
3: And every and every game imaginable.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, they've got their CDs. They've got their DVDs. They have their computer. They have their games. I, I bet the listeners, I didn't think that way. Um, that's true. You have to send them outside to get them away from their play.
3: Right. So that would be oh. a good thing, to get, to get them outside. Of course, you know, people bring up, the fact, well, it's dangerous outside. I don't live in a safe neighborhood. Well, you know, something that's where, you know, creativity needs to come in place. They need to get Well, them there's
1: outside. where we send them to the Boys and Girls right. Club. We do something with the, uh, the, uh, the YMCA's, offer scho- uh, grants and scholarships for kids who don't have the money. Right. There's things to do with, uh, where else in the world, Dr. Buckley, could you go? And have anywhere in the world, the United States of America offers so much for people to, uh, to, to, to in the community for giving and giving and giving right. and pay it forward. And so I guess if they say it's not safe, they could go have an activity during the day, uh, during the summer, because they're not in school, to go to one of those organizations that offer so much generosity and enjoyment uh to giving well, uh, it's almost like you brought up something there that reminded me of the water um, years ago when I started studying the waters of the world and water and health and more people stopped drinking water because they said it was unsafe because of the pipes and so on and it is unsafe pipes are unsafe I am not for people drinking water out of the tap if, if they're not sure of the pipes and the bottled water companies offer us absolutely fabulous FDA-regulated, safe water that we know is going to be safe. Uh, I'm going to go behind that 100%. Uh, I'm going to stretch out and somebody won't agree. But I think the bottled water companies are offering more water to drink today than any ever in history. But remember when they stopped drinking water because they said it's unsafe? And then people started going to the sodas. To the juices, to the sports drinks, to the coffees, to the teas. They started drinking liquids, but by the abundance, but stopped drinking water because it was unsafe because they couldn't go to the tap or to the drinking water fountain and drink water. Do you I remember that?
3: Remember, I used to remember as a kid drinking out of the hose, and that was pretty much a, <laughs> what we drank. Well, out and
1: of. yeah, nowadays, and I can tell you a case. This is a case, and I'm not going to say where it's in the world. This young man is a, a diver, and he decided to go off to a river. This is the truth, doctor. He went off to a river that should have been safe to do some diving and, and ended up with a bacteria and in the hospital.
3: Wow. Terrible.
1: So, yeah, so I'm saying to our audience, uh, beware of anybody who says drink your tap water and because if you're not sure that that type is safe and in the buildings you work and so on, just buy the water and take it to work and, and drink your waters. Um, I want to go back to... Uh, what I had on my notes is we've got computer and sitting. We've got people working at a desk and just sitting. We've got the truck driver. We have our highway vital salespeople, men and women, they have to travel by car to get where they have to go every day to help their businesses of the world. We've got manufacturing that are standing in one place and that. We've got the athlete. We've got the pregnancy. We've got, if you can almost let your mind run, where posture it's so vital and I don't think, uh, our families are ever encouraging good posture like they used to in the old days. I can remember, uh, Dr. Buckley and when they would, my parents would say, stand up straight.
2: Right. Mother was right. Stand up right.
1: straight. Stand up straight. And then when I started wearing high heels, uh, they were very conscious of the fact I was wearing high heels and how I would carry myself to be healthy. And I have to tell you, those things drove me crazy. All the time. You can't do this, you can't do this. But can I tell you, audience, and Dr. Buckley, I am so grateful that they drove me crazy. Right. Because now I've got it in my mind, those little guards and the safeguards and habit thinking. I may not do it all, I may not do very much, but I may do a lot. But I got the little voice box up there saying it. And even though the kids complain or a person complains, go forward, slow. Uh, those complaints stay in your head if they're healthy complaints, because as you grow older, they stay with you the voice boxes and the memories of reminding you, even though the person's upset. Oh, you keep reminding me. But it is a management of reminding. Do you agree with me, Dr. Buckley?
3: 100%. Sometimes, as I've gotten older, I realize my parents were a lot smarter. They got smarter <laughs> as I got older because they maybe gave you some good information based on their experience, don't do this, do this, don't do that. And one of the things is posture, sit up straight. Another thing you forgot uh, that is a huge influence on posture is the ever-expanding waistline of the American citizen. Obesity and being overweight is also a huge stress on on your posture because of the fact that carrying extra weight in your stomach or your hips causes your body to change position and it has to compensate for that added weight that it wasn't designed to carry. So
1: that is so true, it's exhausting
3: if there's a whole, that's a, and that's, that's a whole exhausting. other hour discussion.
1: Yes, it is. well, our time is up, and would you do this again sometime?
3: Of course it's
1: I time. really enjoyed it, Dr. Buckley. You have a world of information and very, very generous with your humanitarian concerns and your mission of your practice and what you're doing and uh let's do this again sometime because there's no, I don't think you can ever learn enough or remind enough. One thing before we leave, I'd like to mention to the audience that Dr. Buckley, you might like to say, the parents and family members, they get, they think that you shouldn't be complaining to the kids as much, and they're backing off of some of those, like our parents used to complain or remind us all the time, and we were going, oh. And I saw a nice commercial on TV the other day, and. And Dr. Buckley, you may have seen it, and his father is letting the child, uh, as they grow, a little girl, oh, Daddy, can I do this? Oh, yes, you can. Oh, Daddy, can I do this? Oh, yes, you can. Then one day at the end of the film, she says, she's standing at this kitchen doing the dishes, and Daddy, can I have some friends over and have some alcohol? And Daddy said no. And it's time that the parents and the family started saying, No, to a lot of things. Another say, watch your posture. Be in early when you're driving. Be cautious of other people's welfare. It's time that we started. Stop. Don't worry about complaining. Be polite when you complain, or you won't get any respect. That's
2: right. But
1: and understand, as we learned, uh, Dr. Buckley, and in our era, is that parents and families and friends have to come back to taking a stand and earning respect. Or the person won't pay any attention, but, uh, learning that those complaints and those reminders are welfare and health. Well, thank you for being with us. My and pleasure. you have a nice day.
3: You too. Thanks, Sharon.
1: Okay, thank you. Well, thank you for being with us with Dr. Buckley today. And it's been, I think we're going to hear from our sponsor, and we'll be right back.
2: To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or, if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068.
1: Welcome back to the Sharon Klein Hour and uh, the Power of Water and Global Warming. Water is uh, everything in life, and there's something that goes with all of that on the planet Earth, nature. And each week we try to invite someone. Uh, we've had, at times, the scientists from the Florida, Florida, Everglades, and the hydrology and scientists in the United States and more. And then every every once in a while we have a special guest, Art Brinkstein. Art has a master's degree in forestry and, and anthropology and has written several hiking books. Art, are you with us? I'm with you. Okay. Thank you for taking time and doing this. I know um, you have a lot of subjects that you have reminded us of and brought to our attention with your passion and your mission about nature. Yep. What is our subject today, Art?
4: Oh, I thought you wanted to talk more about hiking.
1: I did, and I didn't know if you were going to agree with me or not. I thought maybe you might have something else in your I favor. I would but agree with you. I like <laughs> Oh, well. I, the hiking, I've been hiking all my life, Art, and I love the mountains and the terrains and the and up the creeks, but a lot of times, like not long ago, my husband and I were at a beautiful waterfall, and instinctively, we just started hiking up to the top of that waterfall, all the way up to the where it originated, yep. and it wasn't very smart. We didn't go prepared, and uh, we got all the way back down, and we thought, oh my gosh, we weren't prepared. If I had fallen, uh, if Bill had fallen, if, uh, we, d- if we got up there and had a rattlesnake or some creature do something like a spider bite or something would happen that we weren't prepared. We didn't even take, with my background and research, a bottle of water. So tell us a little bit about hiking today. And I hope you're going to teach us about safety and g- a good c- common sense too.
4: Well, you know my story about, uh, the great incident of October 2005 when I was five miles up a trail and I broke my leg. Yeah, yeah, Art, <laughs> and what did I you learn? I learned a lot that day, and I've been hiking for 35 years.
1: And, and and what did you learn? What was the number one thing, and I hope you remember what you told me, but what was the number one thing you learned that day?
4: Uh, don't hike alone.
1: Well, number one, but okay. Well, I was. But you had a you had somebody with you.
4: I had somebody with me. Ninety percent of the hikes I'd ever taken, I've taken by myself.
1: But okay, never hike alone. But um, that. Did, but our, what about
4: the shoes? I didn't bring a jacket. Yeah. I didn't have very much food. And what about your shoes? My shoes. Uh, you said you were wearing tennis tennis I, shoes I, instead I always of a boot. Tennis shoes. Uh, and uh, I was Because light. As a,
1: I know. I was taught, even on a hot day, I don't care what it was, wear the boots because they give your ankle support. And then when you're put, putting your foot down on something, you're able to have a, a real good leverage of that foot.
4: Yeah, I but asked the, the doctor that if, if uh, stiff, high-top boots would have prevented the, the accident. And he said. No,
1: we can't. Nobody's going to answer that. that no, that's way, exactly
4: what he said. He said, I can't answer that. No comments.
1: That's <laughs> why we have our uh, troops and our first responders. And yeah. uh, as you know, you were with the Forest Service. Uh, did they have you wear tennis shoes or did you wear ankle boot, uh, boots up to the ankles? Um,
4: I wore the exact same boots that I own today. Yeah, and, and never that's wear. what I'm
1: saying for our <laughs> listeners to think about. Um, now, uh, go on, uh, tell us more. They're
4: Vibram sole, high top, Gore-Tex hiking boots, and they're very yeah. good boots. Yeah,
1: well, if, tell us more about what you've learned about safety.
4: Um. Well, gee, uh... take
1: your backpack. Uh, is there any reason a person for any, even if it's an idle hike, to think about a backpack where you would have that? what you said, maybe a, a rolled-up uh, jacket that's thin enough to roll up and your water? Yeah, and you, you need to bring
4: a jacket. One other time, i climbed Mount McLaughlin, which is like almost 10,000 feet. Mm -hmm. And I have lost a trail on the way down. They've since fixed that spot, and a lot of people got lost at that spot. Okay,
1: let's bring that up today. I'm glad you brought something up that was I mentioned earlier with Dr. Buckley about key words that we all need to remember. Right. Um, Got lost. You have hiked for 30 years. You have written a lot of hiking books. When a person takes off on a route, like what happened in the mountains of Oregon here this last year, and they took off and with com- now, not using any much common sense, but off on a direction, and they can see at the moment it might not work. Should they turn around? Did you think about turning around and going back, or how- what did you do in that situation?
4: I tried to turn around and go back, and I couldn't find the trail no matter which you way You couldn't I
1: found went. And find the trail.
4: So I hiked all the way down the mountain, which is about three quarters of the way, which was about four miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, hit the road, but I spent the night in the middle of the woods without a jacket, without food, and without water.
1: My guess. so, what did you do, Laura?
4: Uh, it was very, very lucky.
1: No, no. What was your instincts? Did you did you figure out? Was there anything to keep yourself hydrated at all that instincts allowed, or you no, just No, I had didn't to pass it?
4: any creeks either. Uh, there was nothing. There, I passed the creek first thing in the morning.
1: Okay, right I'm going to go that, into something. I hit down
4: road, and right after that, I hit the, uh, the main trailhead.
1: Okay, I'm going to go into something then. Uh, but you have, this is uh, not going to be fair to the audience, but you have been a trained forester. Yes. An anthropologist. Yep. But did you tell yourself in your mind, your mental instincts, stay calm? Is that how maybe you made it? Because you've been yeah, trained to stay uh, calm. Yeah, what
4: happens to me, I, I've been lost uh, four or five times. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah the you first panic time it ever. and then you say, okay, now what do I do about this?
1: Just Yeah, let's stay calm and be open-minded and uh, don't get emotional. Then yeah. you can be more, the instincts can come to you.
4: Yeah, and, and uh, I didn't get, you know, just for the first minute or two. Mm-hmm. I, I got emotional. But, uh, now, know.
1: when you were going through um, your, uh, getting a degree in forestry and master's, what were the uh, training for the instincts of survival in case of a, of a, of a of something that's threatening you? Not Nothing
4: whatsoever, but I had some training uh, when I worked for the county forestry department.
1: Okay, and what did you
4: learn? So uh, what did I learn? Mm-hmm. Oh, same little thing to bring band-aids and how to how to stop a wound and what to do about a snake bite and all that kind of stuff.
1: What about your mind I think the more the you state.
4: the more of these little things you know, the easier it is to
1: Well what I'm getting at art is the mental state of staying calm. Right. The key to survival. It may be water second mental emotions are number one and for any survival. Uh Let's say you're caught out in a distance and getting lost. Well, I'll,
4: I'll tell you about the time I was on the, uh, the Nanny Creek Trail in the Sky Lakes Wilderness, and I was walking over snow and picking up the trail occasionally. And I, I got to a spot where the tra- I couldn't figure out which way the trail went, and then when I tried to backtrack the snow was real hard because it was late in the season and it was like ice and I hadn't left footprints in the snow and I couldn't find that trail in either direction to save my life it was, it was literally to save my life uh, if I had to try to walk out cross country there were no landmarks around that I could follow there was no creeks there was no uh, mountain summits and I had to find that trail and I I started wandering around just sort of in a panic, looking for the trail. And
1: remember, you're an audience. He's a trained forester. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and then I said, okay, the first thing I have to do is not lose the spot where I got lost.
1: Oh, smart. Smart. Uh, so how did you do I that? Because if I lose
4: that, then I'm really lost.
1: Art, what did you do to mark it?
4: Uh, I didn't. I just uh, well, I would suggest I made I was that the center. It. And I started mm-hmm. walking circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I walked a small circle around it, and then I walked a wider circle around it. so you put, it, oh, so you put some, a, around it. You,
1: put, you, put, you put, by walking those circles, you were working out the snow to put some
4: yeah. marking the Yeah, and in on the, the third circuit, okay. I found the trail. Okay. Much to my relief.
1: <laughs> Wonderful story. Yeah. I like that story. Uh, Art, we have a guest, uh, someone calling in. Annette, are you there? Um, Art, I had a question about water safety and purification when you're hiking. If there is a water source, what is the best way to purify the water? I've seen um, little apparatus, little containers with filters. I've seen purifying tablets. What is the best method?
4: Uh, The purifying tablets uh, taste terrible, (laughs) but I use them because they're quick and easy and I'm lazy. Okay. Uh, The little pumps are the best. The pump? And, And... when I first started hiking 30 years ago, it was probably okay to drink water coming out of a spring in the wilderness, but I wouldn't recommend drinking mm-hmm. any water that hasn't been purified anywhere. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Now, that I I'm, think as something you know, art, I've had
4: experience with that. I, I art,
1: something to bring up? They do. Uh, that's where we're back to that backpack that I was talking about earlier. What yeah. I did, uh, uh, as I mentioned, Annette. Art is a trained forester, and, uh, and he's been writing hiking books. What's the key to safety? Even if you're going out for a very small hike, in other words, not lengthy, mm-hmm. uh, small t- in time, uh, what do you take? And I don't think a backpack. It's a lot of fun to take things in your backpack, and probably that's one. Uh, think about a filter. Now, they do sell those uh, uh aerating filter systems that they cost $100, Uh but they that's don't wear... out. Yeah, and you can just zap your water or art has the tablet form or they have the other form. But in your backpack, take, uh, and, and enjoy the fact that you're going on a hobby hike, mm-hmm. uh, of knowing you're going to take care of yourself and self-reliant and responsible. And, and there, you've mentioned the band-aids and you mentioned probably a, you'd make, take a cream, you'll take, uh, your water, and then I would take that, Annette. Um, they're available, and then I think if you go online today, you can probably find a lot at less expenses than $100 when you Or those different... In a radiator? Yeah, it's called, it's an irradiator. You zap the water and really? it's just, yeah, it's just, they're fabulous. I've never heard of that. But before. again, uh, today I'm- The thing with the water
4: filters is that the, uh, the price doesn't always correlate to the effectiveness. Right. And well, that's why I say sometimes
1: with. they can go online and find them because they're not easy to find.
4: Yeah. Hmm.
1: In the stores. But again, uh, water and a hike Go together. Yeah. And, uh, that- that I've
4: had an H. pylori infection and you don't want to get one.
1: No. What's And explain that to our audience.
4: H. pylori is the same stomach bacteria that causes ulcers and can cause stomach cancer. Huh. And it's a very nasty little critter.
1: And you get that from. Um...
4: And you can get it from drinking unpurified water in the wilderness. Wow. And that's where I got it. Wow.
1: Well, my goodness, uh, that, that is sad.
4: The cure is like well, a chemotherapy for cancer.
1: Oh, my goodness.
4: It's, it's, it's horrible.
1: And explain that again, Art, because you got this, and you have written many book, hiking books. You have a master's degree in forestry and anthropology, so it could happen to anybody. You were out yep. hiking, decided you were thirsty, drank some water out of a creek, or was it a river?
4: I know right where it was. It was a pipe spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was in the Red Butte's Wilderness. Mm-hmm. And it was the most delicious water I ever drank.
1: Well, because it was spring, very...
4: There's a spring coming out of the ground, and they stick a pipe in it so that the water is concentrated. Ah,
1: oh, the comes pipe. of the
4: pipe rather than oozes uh, yeah. the ground. So that's called well, a Well, sometimes
1: the listeners need to know the more delicious the water, it's hard, hard, hard water. Yeah. And it's picking up every, and especially <laughs> out of a pipe, uh, and the listeners need to also know that the best of the waters don't always have the most flavor. Uh, it's strangely the truth uh, I think because bacteria
4: also love hard water.
1: Oh well, it's the pipe. Pipes are. <laughs> I, I have a thing about pipes, and I don't blame. We have to have pipes. Don't blame the pipes. That yeah. I'm saying. Remember when you're drinking water, the pipe. And anybody who says, and I'm going to mention this before the show is over. We have the mayor of the city of San Francisco say, let's go back to drinking tap water out of the pipes, is what he meant, and then not drinking as much bottled water because of recycling. Well, come on.
4: Well, put, uh, we uh, finally
1: got everybody drinking water, mayor, and I think it's time that uh, you realize that people are drinking water, taking it everywhere they're going in the bottled waters. Let's start encouraging recycling, mm-hmm. right? Well, Annette, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Annette. Have a nice yeah, day, okay. Net. You too. Well,
4: Art, uh, right bikes. this is an interesting, uh, interesting question.
1: It was a good question, yeah. and uh, uh, as one of the shows, I'd like to uh, hear like some of those hiking trips that you've had and what you've done to survive, because I'm sure this is... Have you heard about those young kids that are going out there on the YMCA trips, the Boy Scout trips, and they're getting lost. And you know you know they're training them before they leave. You know that they're giving them education before they leave, leave, but they're getting lost. And if you're going to survive, let's start with the youth, all the way to, let's call it the adults, I call those people tall people. (laughs) But let's say that they need to survive under any situation. That's a compromise. That you've been compromised. Stay calm, think it out. But think about what you're going to do with yourself if you do need to survive through anything. I don't care where you're at. Now, Art, back to the um, a bit of the bridge collapsing in Minnesota. Uh, both of us have to say to the, everybody there in Minneapolis: We wish you well. Our prayers are with you. And, my gosh, what did you do to show the rest of us? You held your head. You stayed calm. You right. helped each other even if you were in pain. Uh, you're doing it again after the fact. And your first responders, everybody, remember, that first responder is your hero. Don't ever forget it. It's Amen. your paramedic. It's your fire department. It's your police officers. It's your soldiers. It's your first re- your uh, hospitals and your doctors come last at the other end. But remember who arrives there when you say, "Oh my God." So let's remember that. Remember that life on Earth and on this planet is living together. Let's l- stay calm. And I think to close the show today, what we need to remember that the power of water and global warming go together. It is not politics. It means the air is getting drier. And you need to learn more about taking better care of yourself. Don't blame anyone. Learn to balance your thinking, balance your mental state of mind. Be calm. Take some responsibility with your common sense. And remember that every day we're affecting each other. Our lives on this earth all together through the ecosystem means that we humans have a job and a responsibility to help each other to live a very quality, good life on this earth, and it's help each other. I think at the end of the show what I need to mention, Art, thank you again.
4: Thank you very much. For
1: being with us. And I know we're going to hear again from you. I've had people say that you're one of the favorite parts of the show, too. So you have a nice day, Art. Thank you. Thank you. Well, to close the show today, again, the reminder... Uh, Dr. Buckley was here to help you learn a little bit more about your health as a chiropractor with all of his knowledge and what he was teaching you. Uh, Art Bernstein was teaching you about hiking and safety and use your head and common sense and stay calm under all compromises. Uh, I think you need to know this from me, that my mission with the show is each week getting closer to what you need to hear and want to hear and what you want to offer. So if you have any questions, please let us know, and we'll bring that subject to the program every Monday from 10 to 11 worldwide. um, It would be West Coast time. I hope you realize that Earth does have a secret. Embrace your life every precious moment, and I need to remind you, value somebody else's life too every moment earth is whispering though in your prayers always have a whisper never say goodbye and then you will value your life have a nice day